You are listening to the Manos Accelerator podcast in partnership with Google Launchpad. We interview rockstar entrepreneurs who share their exact formulas for success in customer acquisition, growth hacking, fundraising, or scaling a company. And I'm your host, Juan Felipe Campos. Okay, Manos Nation, remember, for every episode, there's a giveaway of digital goods or resources from our partners that other people would normally pay for. To enter the giveaway, subscribe to the Manos podcast on iTunes now, and then message the word Manos to m.me forward slash Manos Accelerator. Again, that's Manos to the website m.me forward slash Manos Accelerator to prove it. Today we are interviewing... Esteban Gas. And you are working on... I'm working on Scripted, co-founder and COO of Scripted. Tell us about Scripted. So Scripted is a script database and app to help connect uh, underrepresented writers in Hollywood to the industry. So we're focused on telling really powerful stories. Um, and we're doing that in a variety of ways. We've got a B2B side where we actually sell scripts. And we've got a B2C side where we connect with the audience. Um, and we help them read really great scripts. Oh, my God, Esteban. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Jeez. And Esteban, tell us where you're from and tell us how you got started. Yes. Why did you come up with this idea? Absolutely. So I am Colombian, Colombiano de Bogota. <laughs> uh, and I grew up in Puerto Rico and then Chicago. But going back to my whole family's in Colombia. Everything is there. Um, um, and one of the things, one of the reasons, I mean, being Latino has completely shaped, shaped yeah. like everything. For sure. I mean, both personally, but but also professionally. So I, I went to I went to Hollywood, and I had those big big dreams in Hollywood. And I was actually on a TV show for a little. Please settle down. That Everett, is awesome. Thank you so much. No <laughs> we'll autograph. Get your autograph after. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Selfie. Was, it was the lowest rated television show <laughs> in history. It was a very poor, poorly rated TV show. But anywho, right? So I, so I'm in. In LA, um, and I just was noticing the lack of representation, and I've seen this all my life. I've I've always been aware about this, um, but then you look into it, and eighty eight percent of represented writers are white men. So this isn't even this isn't women. This isn't you know people of color. This is so it's eighty eight percent of. And it's not just in like the adventure niche. It's like they're it also writing uh, comedy, like black comedies. They're writing like romantic comedies totally. targeted at women. Like that's how you get uh, characters that feel very very just like one Artificial. dimensional oh, okay. right mm-hmm. so you're right so it's like oh that is yeah this is a latino like is that i've never met a latino that speaks like that like they're saying so there was this issue and and i felt very passionate about it and i, and I started thinking about okay what are tools that we can give creators of color um to do that right so i was also in meetings and pitching shows and they would say um Stan, we love this tv show gosh you know you have some talent in writing but we don't have that big of a latin audience and i was like okay well i think my show could could reach beyond sort of like the Latinx community. I think it, it just is a show about friendship and love and family. Um, so, right, so, so I'm thinking, okay, how can we break unconscious bias? Um, and then you also look at Hollywood, and Hollywood, the system hasn't changed in 100 years. It's all relationships. It's all who you know. It's all backdoor deals. And that's how you get, when the system that informal, that's, that perpetuates privilege. So that's why it's 88% white guys, because it's all who you know. It's all where you went to school. Uh, I was telling Juan before the interview started, for some reason in comedy, there's a ton of guys from Harvard because Harvard has like, so you look at SNL, even SNL, 60% of the writers there went to Harvard, right? So all these different things and you're like, these are the funniest people in the country, in the world, right? Like they come from one school. I don't know how that works out. Um, So all of these things, 
right? This big problem. And then I linked up, um, there was this incredible entrepreneur named Denise. She started Scripted a few years ago. So her and I started throwing out ideas and how to take it to the next level and how to throw in uh, these other, you know, these tools that help create diversity and inclusion, but also generate revenue because we got to speak their language. We got to make money. Right. You know, we're in the diversity business because it's good business, Correct. not just because it's feel good. Right, right. Um, so yeah, we started jamming about all these ideas and I was a producer somewhere else and creating these shows and I actually left that and I said, you know what? Like, I can create singular change and create one show for Latinos, you know, as a producer or a writer, or I can go and kind of step away from that mm -hmm. and try to be an entrepreneur and try to create systemic change. So that happened a few months ago, and it is, it's scary, and it's been a lot. And sometimes, even yesterday, I was with my lovely girlfriend, and I was like, man, like, when I was just a producer, things were easy, uh, <laughs> and now life is done. But it's been incredible. The response has been the response has been really great, and yeah, it's 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 the journey of entrepreneurship, right? Some days you go, we're changing the world, and yeah. some days you go, am I crazy? <laughs> am I just a crazy person? So, Esteban, um, thank you so much for being here with us at the summit. I think this is amazing and so inspiring, inspir inspiring to see all these Latino entrepreneurs here with us here in San Francisco at the Google Launchpad. Um, so, if you had to give a shout out or something that you want to say to our listeners in Latin America, no más que hablan español o entienden español, ¿qué les puedes decir de tu compañía? Claro. Si les puedes decir algo a ellos que los están escuchando de Latinoamérica. Yo creo que, que lo que ha sido lo más, uno tiene esta, como, you have this vision of what, it, of what you need to get started. And I think, I don't know, I went to public schools I went to the University of Illinois because it was the cheapest one. Mm -hmm. right? My, like, I'd, I got to LA. I didn't know anyone. Uh, I just emailed NALIP, National Association of Latino Independent Producers, and was like, hey, guys, I'm a Latino here. <laughs> like, I knew no one. I still, I still don't know too many people. Like, and it's nuts. And we've gotten things optioned from our site, right? Our, our, our humble little site that's growing and growing. But it's like from the Millian family, Christina Millian, she had that show on E. She's got yeah. a couple wow. million yeah. followers. Uh, Jay Ellis from HBO's Insecure, one of the best shows on HBO. Yep. Like all these people, right? So, so I think you don't have to have these crazy connections to get started. I, I think it's like start before you're ready, mm. right? Sometimes I, I feel, I feel uh, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm like, Shoot, this is this is nuts. What are, who am I to do this? And and I think that's the, the whole the beauty of it is start before you're ready. Right. You don't right. need. To, yeah. You don't need to know the people. You don't need to like start and have this small thing, right? So we've had this minimum viable product. We've had this small thing, and we've slowly grown it and grown it and grown it and grown it and learned and learned and learned. Uh, and I think that's how like that's how it's been able to be possible because we started this thing. We're growing and we're learning and we're growing and we're learning. That's awesome. And to focus real quick on your on your startup for a second, I. I really like the way you explained it uh, before when we were talking. It's basically a double-sided marketplace. You have script writers that upload their creations to your platform, and then you have uh, a market, whether that is people that want to read the scripts or people that actually want to purchase the rights to the scripts and then actually do something with it, correct? Yes. And you've actually gotten some pretty good traction with it already, even though you're at that early MVP stage. Can you speak to the traction you've Absolutely, gotten? yeah. So, so basically right now is we have screenwriters, and they upload scripts, um, and then we have... Two, two things happen. One is the general public reads scripts. And here's what's nuts is people are reading scripts and they're buying scripts and they're upvoting scripts. Um, and then with that data, we go to the industry itself and we say, hey, you know, you're looking for... So you actually operate as the agent on behalf of the high-performing scripts. Totally. So we okay. can 
Um, and then the entry point for the industry is very interesting because we do sort of operate as an agent or what we found is the industry will come to our site and, and they'll call it Google for scripts. Um, so they'll come to our site and they'll just look for things because we have really great tagging, right? We have really smart AI. So they'll say, hey, I want a romantic comedy um, about, yeah, starring a sassy woman. You know, like that sounds really great. <laughs> like someone, we, let's get someone super sassy. Or I have an, an actress, right? We'll have actors and actresses uh, come on the site. and They'll be like, what do I want to play? And that actually happened with, you know, some of the, the talent that we have attached is they'll, they'll look up that. So they'll be like, oh, I want to look up someone complicated, right? So, um, so yeah, so what's really interesting is we have this B2C side where people are reading scripts. We're making money off of people buying scripts, uh, people like the general public, and then we're making money off the industry um, finding scripts and optioning them. And I think that's another, if, if the advice to, to Latinos and Latinas are, who are maybe nervous is, hey, start before you're ready and get something small and build traction, is that we've built this site and we... We think it's one way, and right, the industry uses it a different way. The industry says, oh, this is great. It's, it's Google for scripts. Uh, we go, heck yeah, <laughs> great. If you're buying <laughs> scripts, if you're giving us money, if you know, because there's a value exchange, of course, it's whatever you want it to be. We'll lean into that. We'll design it more that way. So, Okay, so Stepan, I have another question for you. Yes. Um, how much money are you raising? And how, <laughs> how's your fundraising experience yes. <laughs> going on? And oh, uh, the there's, if there's an investor out there that wants to invest, how do they get a hold of you? And how, how much are you raising? So give us a little bit of information on that. Absolutely. So we are, um, there's, there's different strategies. This is, this is our first time raising. Um, so we have, there's a, a seed round that we're looking at now. Um, and ideally, we'd love like 18 months of runway. Right, so then we could build out the app and build this, uh, and build out this app fully, kind of uh, really address some of the industry, what the industry likes. So basically, it's one million or like 1.2 million would take us to 18 months. But at the same time, we also have this uh, plan where we go, okay, well, no matter what, if we get you know a seed round of 250k, something like that, then we can really build it out, and then we're starting to make money. We're starting to make revenue. We're already making revenue, but we would make significant revenue right. with 250k. So, so right now it's sort of we're at these entry points. We're at these conversations where where we say, okay, you know what? Let's get let's get 250k, and then maybe let's keep fundraising, or we just stop that at the seed, um, and then we continue growing. Yeah. So so it's we're versatile in that 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 hey, this 18-month runway, that's that one, 1. 1.2 million. But at the same time, you know, we're in conversations now and people are writing smaller checks, uh, 50K, 25K checks that, we, that people have written. And we're like, great, if we get to 250K, we have this plan, we have this team, we have the tech team to get us to generate significant revenue. So you have, if it, like, you have pledges right now for kind of an angel round, but ideally you're thinking, I would rather just go ahead and race a seed round and actually pull me through the next 18 months instead of just the smaller checks that get me on the smaller... Totally. That's exactly Got right. Because because I want to run the business. You know, I don't want to fundraise. And I think that's that's the thing where that we're having there. That since people are interested and we're sort of figuring out this seed round quickly, this angel round that's two fifty. It's like, hey, let's extend that and let's see. Like, let's yeah, let's let's really give ourselves a runway to do this. Get to a point where we can just focus on the business totally. and be fundraising in another three months. Absolutely. I'm COO. Like, right. I want to. I want to. Oh, oh, I want to operate. <laughs> I want to. Like, that's what I want to do. Um, Totally, and it's so. So I think that's the sort of tension that we're finding um, and figuring out now. So the conversations with investors now are like, "Hey, this is this is what we can do, but 
listen, we're growing. This demographic is growing. Hollywood in the last, in the end of 2017, fundamentally shifted with everything, with Weinstein, with, every, you know, like people want, it's no, yeah, want diversity. We're having these conversations. We're at the forefront of this. We're an inclusive marketplace for scripts. We're, you know, a place that respects all these individuals and they can come and, and you can truly find the best stories. So like, that's really cool. Hop on. Cause, cause. Yeah, because I think I think we're gonna be bigger than than uh, than we anticipated even before we were a little future, right? So we were a little ahead of a time, and then Weinstein and everything happened, and we're like, holy smokes! Like people people want this. I see a lot of parallels, and for entrepreneurs that are listening to this, that are maybe skeptical about the idea, or maybe even investors that are skeptical about the idea, this is actually very. There's a lot of parallels between what you're building and what Quora was building initially. So what Quora ended up doing, and they even do it now, they are serving as agents for the writers, the people in the community that are uploading um, their answers to the Quora platform. And then there are people that work, Quora is based out of Mountain View. They have, uh, I imagine, either an internship team or a team of people that full-time, what they do is they find the best answers in the community that are already written in a way that is an article form, not just um, how do I turn off a light and then people and then someone answers you turn off the switch or something like it's not for the really short answers it's people that actually write yeah. an entire article form with links and, and pictures and then they act as agents to those people that submitted the answers and submit them into Forbes Inc entrepreneur so there's a Quora column inside of Forbes there's a Quora column inside of Inc there's a Quora column inside of entrepreneur business insider fast company and they act as your agent on your behalf to find the best answers and then just copy paste them best case scenario directly into Forbes. Now you as a writer have an incentive to keep wanting to put content on the platform totally. because yeah. they're acting as your agent. All you have to do is write, write amazing content all day, every day. If you do that, they will get you to where you need to go in terms of more exposure, more trophies, traction, whatever that looks like for writers. And then what they're getting out of it is the relationship with them. And in some cases, they're making money directly from Forbes that they need the content anyways. So it's an entire ecosystem of basically what you guys are building. There are yeah. people that are buying scripts. There are people that are writing scripts that don't know how to get eyeballs on it. If you act as an agent or you facilitate that relationship and you're able to monetize on the um, agency side by getting people to purchase the scripts from your, uh, from your catalog, you're able to run a profitable business and you're shaking up kind of the stagnant uh, way, as you were telling us, way that Hollywood has been for the last hundred years, totally. which is so it, relational. And if anything, the industry itself is missing out on top-notch talent because it's just so hard to find. And all you can do is turn to your buddy that looks and acts and has the same background as you do. And that just kind of creates a lot of, um, uh, oh, what's the word that, that I'm looking for? But yeah, basically just like really stagnant. It, it doesn't help push the industry forward, the storytelling forward. Totally. It's just a, a lot of the and, same stuff. And we, we're like that, but we also amplify what agents and managers do, right? So we're not replacing, because if, if you represent your writers and you go, shoot, no one writes, so even in this scenario, no, one, no one's really catching on to these scripts. Let's put it online. Let's get some eyeballs on it. Let's get some traction. And then we take that data back to the industry. So we say, hey, here's a script that you know my writer wrote. Uh, here's how many people read it. So that's a built-in audience. Here's where they are. Here's all this comprehensive data. Here's where they are, how old they are. We can guide marketing. We can guide where the, sh where, where the film opens. All these different things, right? So, so it's huge. So everyone, yeah, it's so a catalog. It's the angel are, list. It's the LinkedIn of that industry in a way as well because you already have all of the connections and all of the data points for all of the content totally. creators. It's, it's not. So, so we're just combining all these things and, and seeing all these, yeah, all these different revenue streams and all these entry points for the general 
public who wants to read scripts, for the industry to find scripts and get this data on scripts, and for agents and managers to sell their stuff, for undiscovered writer who just arrives to Hollywood and goes, I don't know what to do. Or actually, not even Hollywood. You know, one of our last scripts is is a woman in her 40s in North Carolina who wrote a brilliant script, right? So, and, and that's the... Like for people who think that the best storytellers are are one point of view, right? It's is is this you know usually this white guy who lives in L.A. Like the best storytellers are are people from different points of view. It should They're, be that the best of the best rise to the top. Period. Totally. Not like the best of the best in L.A. You or know, the best of the best that went to Harvard that are funny that are also living in California. That da 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 da. You're robbing everyone from the best. Totally. Talent. So here's an incredible woman from North Carolina. Uh, wrote this great script. It got optioned. I love it. And, she, and she's a writer now, right? So she got a little bit of money. She's a writer. She's got traction, all these different things. So that's how we're moving the needle in terms of like writer representation is so small that these success stories genuinely move the needle, right? So if there's only a handful or if there's a few dozen um, writers of color or women writers, what we're doing when we, when we empower this, when we connect them to the buyers, is we literally move the needle, high, which is nuts, which is less of how cool we are and more of how big of an issue it is right, right. and how hungry. That's the thing. How, like Wonder Woman made $700 million. Get out. People were terrified. Get out wouldn't make money. It's yeah. a black guy, mm-hmm. right? And, and he kills a white family. Oh, my goodness. Everyone, Hollywood would not give them money. They gave him $4 million, which is nothing, nothing, nothing. And it made $300 million. <sighs> Right, so it's like we are in this time where where everything is shifting and Hollywood's not catching up, and and we're sort of saying, hey, yeah, the best stories from the best storytellers come from unexpected places. I love the it. The stories are unexpected, so let's set up a system that that just just recognizes that while also reducing the risk for all of these studios because totally. that's what they yes. like about doing like Batman Eight. Yes. Or like Fast and the Furious 19. It's because they it comes with a built-in audience. It's already kind of a safe investment on their end. That's exactly. So you're you're already helping them say, guys, it's it's a done deal. This got 1.1 million views. You know, yes. hopefully you'll be able to have these numbers a year from now or even six months from now and say this script got this ridiculous traction, has a built-in audience, it's proven, it's viral, it's yes. on our platform. Here's the One, price for that it. That is that is one hundred because if I gave you're totally right, and you're doing such a like you're you're talking about it in such a good way because if I only talk, talked about the diversity piece, right, studios would go, interesting, hmm, seems kind of feel good. But if I go, no, this this helps you, this informs your green lighting right, decisions. Right. This lowers yeah. your financial You want to talk money? Let's talk money. Totally. This isn't a nonprofit. Oh, like, want, oh, let's just totally. change the world. Hey, do you want data on every single person that's read this script, how long they read it, where they are? Hey, do you want that? Do you, like, because I have that. Oh, do you want something that, yeah, a million people read? Because you, you... Greenlight best-selling books, and then you have to pay a writer to take a book to a script. Right. I have a script for you. A couple million people read it. Done. And I have all the data on it. And they go, That's oh, brilliant. my goodness. And I go, hey, by the way, it happens to be written by a Latina. Right. And they go, cool, we don't care because we're going to make money. Right? So or that's- if anything, oh, Cool. That, yeah. That's like an even better point because yeah. we're under a lot of fire, under a lot of heat for the fact that we're not doing enough on this space. So totally. now we get to finally say like, okay, well, this is what we're doing to address that. Totally. So they go, oh my gosh, yeah, we feel good about diversity, but really we feel really good about this script that would do well. So we. That's awesome. So um, just a couple more questions. We've kind of gone over, but I'll edit this and even this part out. Of course. Um, but just a couple of questions to get real. Oh, gosh, where was I going with this? Oh, geez. Okay. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit, bit of... 
That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing in Silicon Valley, what the connection that you see LA, you're based in LA, there's yes. a lot of money there, there's a lot of talent there. What brings you to Silicon Valley and what do you see as the potential between bridging those two ecosystems? Totally. Well, I think the way that we succeed is we have to be a very... Collaborative. Totally. Collaborative, okay. like technically proficient. We need to tap in. We are SFLA, right? So so we take sort of the Silicon Valley know-how, what we're doing with natural language processing here, what we're doing with AI, what we're doing in terms of the media technology that exists here. And we're we're bringing that down to LA, right? So, so we, for us to ignore uh, the places that are creating some of the technology that, that, that we can use um, is, is just bad business. So I think I, we're... It's more of an unofficial link, like like you know we're we have an office in L.A. We're gonna hopefully soon as we expand, like open up an office in Mexico City, like these different places, right? That are that are sort of these hubs for entertainment. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's like the connection to SF, totally collaborating with all these incredible groups, uh, learning about the latest technology, seeing how we can use that to to even do a better uh, like. Um, organizing scripts in an even better way, right? Because there's natural language processing, or like all these different things, uh, is is totally huge. Because we're because we're at the intersection of entrepreneurship and entertainment. I love it, and I think actually a lot of people don't make the decision that you're doing. I cu- I couldn't agree more with what you're doing of connecting the dots, connecting all of these ecosystems, the bubbles. I think people tend to get really like uh, offended or get a chip on their shoulder of like. I'm going to show the world that Miami or like the Tampa startup scene is going to take down Silicon Valley. And I'm thinking, why are you a martyr for that cause? Why couldn't you just say, Tampa, what do we have? Tourism and the manatees and like all these amazing things that are our unfair advantage that no one could replicate. And if the best ecosystem to create the technology that's going to serve it is in Silicon Valley or the funding's going to come from New York or the totally. uh, graphic design is going to come from that ecosystem. You bring it there. And, and I think that's something that we think about a lot is, is what are the existing power structures? Right. And how can we, because we have to, even though if we want to create this new structure, right, all these different things, these, we want to create a new marketplace, a new structure, et cetera, You still want to stand on the shoulders of giants, totally. though, and not just flip everyone the bird and Absolutely. say, like, no, I'm going to show you that I can do it, like... Totally. You know. and, and it's like, okay, well, we have to, yeah, we have to work with the people in power. We have to work with the smartest. We have to do that or, or else or else we're just hurting ourselves. Right, right. Totally. And, and it's like, we're not going to lose our LA flair. We're not going to lose the fact that, right. you know, we work with celebrities and that's interesting. We're not going to fact that we, yeah, we're passionate about screenwriting and it's really good story. We're not going to lose the fact that, like, you know, we're going to be the only startup at at you know film events and we we're doing something at Sundance and all these things like we're not going to lose our identity when we go and connect with these other ecosystems. Right. right. I so appreciate you sharing that point. I just want to give a bit of advice to my LA entrepreneurs. Those of you that are in LA, what LA has going for it is that LA understands attention. It understands customer acquisition. It understands where people's eyeballs actually are. That's on Facebook, that's on Instagram, Snapchat, wherever those social media platforms are, that's where we're spending 80% of our time on our cell phones. LA gets that, it understands that that is the differential. I don't have to build a yoga, a pair of yoga pants or have a diet or come up with a kind of coffee that's 10 times better than the alternative. I can just come up with literally the same thing as every as JCPenney, the same pair of yoga pants. It's just that I'm an influencer and I understand that people are sooner or later going to find out about my product through here. I don't it does, I don't even need the differential outside of the brand. LA gets that. Yeah. Silicon Valley's still stuck in in some ways both for good and bad. I'm building what's going to be in the future 10 years from now and having that be the differential and the reason that people use your product is because it's so advanced. I think that those LA entrepreneurs that understand that there's a positive in both of those ecosystems and that 
you shouldn't hate the difference. It just is a difference. And if you can leverage both of those strengths, the tech background of Silicon Valley, making something that is 10 times, 10 years into the future with the analytics, with the tracking, with the NLP, with the ML, totally. with all of it, with the AI, and understand that at the end of the day, you have to be getting the customer acquisition through non-traditional channels that LA is dominating at right now. Those are the people that are going to win. Totally. And, and I think the, the thing that you can think about your city is, yeah, what is your city doing really well, right? So, or what are the things? So if LA is, yeah, attention. I was in Chicago for a little. Uh, and yeah, and the Chicago entrepreneurship entrepreneurship scene uh, has has all these unique things about it that's like, okay, well, great. Well, like Groupon was built in Chicago and it's a very Chicago wow. startup, right? And it's like, and it thrives on these things. It's like gritty. It's more grounded. It's like, right, Groupon by no coincidence is, is you know, coupons and serves a totally different, it's not like SF being like, hey, we're going to build something for, you know, like the future and, and like the early adopters are these futurists. Sure. Groupon's like, hey man, here's like your mom wants to say money you want to save money yeah that's the chicago way baby. it's like really practical yeah totally it's like that's what we're gonna do we're the midwest right we love coupons yeah um right so it's like every city yeah the person and yeah it's Miami, not technically it's like, advanced it's just it's just 10 to 50 percent off stuff yeah like, <laughs> like right. the, the tech but, itself isn't anything but, yeah, special but they're a billion dollars like they're fine right so it's, so it's all these things totally and it's like okay well what is unique to your city um and if your startup can capitalize on that right so so if you're like we are building an LA-based startup. Like, it, it has to be in LA. There's no way. We can right. be in New York because New York isn't isn't doing the things that LA, yeah. like, we are In LA. New York, you have to be in banking or Wall Street or totally. fashion or foodies. It's like, it's going to be totally different. Totally. Even their entertainment's a little, right? It's more theater. It's all, yeah. And in LA, I walk past, like, some of my best friends are, li uh, like, literal YouTube and Snapchat stars right. that have yeah. 10 million followers on That's, Snapchat. Right. That's the, those are the people I hang out with in, in LA who are amazing. And then, yeah, so then when the time comes, you're like, hey, can you talk to me about how you gain, ten like, in 15-second in clips, how do you do that? Because that's going to be the best marketing, and that's going to be a conversation that you can't have anywhere else in the country. Super, super valuable. Esteban, scripted, I wish you guys all the best. Thanks so much. All the listeners, this was gold, gold, gold content. <laughs> I hope you listen to this podcast three times over. Thank you so much for joining us thank here you so much. at the Google Launchpad. And thank you for, like, the... Something else I think a lot of times I get I get nervous and daunted about being a Latino entrepreneur and not having the connections and all these different things. And I think finding Manos and and a, a lot of the Latino community, the Latinx community, but but specifically Manos and what you guys have done. I mean, it's it is it's like it truly is a game changer in the way that I go, okay, oh my gosh, there is support. There right. is people I can email. Uh, I don't feel crazy. There's people like me. Right, right. right. So, so even th this conference, just like meeting people and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're in the same boats. Uh, all these different things. So so what you're, thank you for creating a space for, for people to feel not crazy as Latinx entrepreneurs <laughs> and be like, you know what? We're going to be okay. We're going to keep fighting the fight. Yes. Thanks Appreciate so much, it. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, man. Okay, Manos Nation, do not forget your chance to win digital goods and resources on every episode right here on the podcast. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and once you've done that, message the word Manos to m.me forward slash Manos Accelerator. Subscribe on iTunes and then message Manos to the website m.me forward slash Manos Accelerator. See you on the next one.